Hello out there. This is Kerry Rayburn, and you're listening to the Walking on the Boulevard podcast. This is episode number one. I'll give you a little bit of background information. Like I said, my name is Kerry Rayburn. I'm a writer-filmmaker from Birmingham, Alabama, and I've recently relocated to Olive Branch, Mississippi. I've been an Elvis fan pretty much my whole life. If you read my book, don't ask me to say thank you, thank you very much. You'll find out how I became an Elvis fan. Also, um, I've been doing Walking on the Boulevard since 2003. If you follow me online on Facebook, then you already know all about it. But if you don't, I'll go ahead and give you a little bit of information about it. In 2003, I had just become a filmmaker, sort of. I mean, I did a little bit of stuff in the 90s and early 2000s, but it wasn't until the early 2000. It wasn't until 2003 that I really branched out on my own and started, you know, trying to produce my own films. And uh, early, early to mid 2003, I was looking for something to do. I, I was already an Elvis fan. I went to Memphis every August and most Januaries. So I decided to take my camera to Memphis with me and shoot some footage, some B-roll of the Grayson Crossing, Grayson Plaza, Heartbreak Hotel, obviously Grayson across the street, and Sun Studio. Um, I ended up also filming a bunch of performances at the 10 at Graceland Crossing, which if you if you never had an opportunity to see that, you really missed out. It was a whole lot of fun, and unfortunately 2016 was the last year of the, the 10 at Graceland Crossing, since Graceland Crossing practically doesn't exist anymore. There's still one store open, but for the most part it's no longer there, and the tent certainly isn't there anymore. Um, so anyway, I, I went around, I did some interviews with people, and I just cut it together. And it, Originally it was going to be a documentary, but I had so much footage that I ended up making it uh, two short documentaries, both called Walking on the Boulevard, and I came up with the clever subtitles, Part 1 and Part 2. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, feel free to steal that. Anyway, um, after I cut that together, I had such a good time. I decided I didn't want to. I didn't want to end there. So I went back the next year, shot more footage, did more interviews. I did a lot better the second year too. The first year I was ridiculously nervous. I didn't know what to ask anybody because I didn't really prepare that much in advance. I did very little preparation. So uh, the second year, I actually sat down and I came up with a handful of questions, about maybe ten, fifteen questions or so, maybe 20, I'm not really sure now, it's been so long, came up with those questions, and then I would just kind of go through them, I mean, I'd ask this person maybe six or seven of those questions, and when I interview this person, I'd ask six or seven different questions out of that one, and I got some ads, I would get people to record ads such as, hi, I'm Carrie Rayburn, and you're watching Walking on the Boulevard, or hi, I'm Carrie Rayburn, and welcome to Elvis Week 2004, or I had another one, but people had a hard time getting it right. Let me see if I can even get it right. It's, hi, I'm Carrie Rayburn. Welcome to Memphis, land of the brave, home of the king. A lot of people had a trouble with that one, so I don't do that one too often. People, it's kind of a people get twisted, their tongues twisted. They can't get it right. Right. Anyway, so I started doing a web series. Uh, it started out as around right around 30 minutes long, and I uh, I had contacted Bright House Cable in Birmingham and asked them if if they would show the you know the episodes on their cable access channel and they said yes so I did a whole bunch of episodes and sent them to them and they aired them I, I didn't live in Birmingham so I lived outside of Birmingham in a town called Gardendale so I couldn't see it but I'd asked several other people and they said yes we saw your show oh it was so fun I want to go to Memphis and all that kind of stuff 
So it aired there for a while, and then eventually they passed they passed a rule that you had to be within the city limits. So it, it stopped airing there, and I just uh, moved to uh, to YouTube in 2005, I believe. I believe that's probably the same year YouTube came out. I started putting episodes on there, and then I went to MySpace and eventually Facebook and back to YouTube once once I really started to understand how YouTube worked and how you you know did all your metadata and all that good stuff tags and stuff to begin with I was just throwing episodes on and I wouldn't even write out a good title it would say Danny M sings fame and fortune 2006 and that would be it and I wouldn't do any tags no description it was it was really pathetic it's a wonder anybody watched any of those videos at all I really didn't know what I was doing back then, but uh, eventually I started understanding more and more about it. And also, I went to college in in 2008, and that helped a lot. Started picking up on a lot of stuff that I, I just missed. So fast forward to 2000, what would have been 2011, 2012, something like that. I finally got sick of doing it. I had done 301 episodes. And they, I said they were 30 minutes. There's about, I don't know, 50 or so that are around 10 minutes long. Because I, for a while on YouTube, they had a restriction. Maybe they're 15, I can't remember. But you were only allowed to upload certain length videos. So for a while, I just, uh, you know, I had to shorten them. So they're a lot, they're half the length, I guess. And then eventually, once I, I was on YouTube for a while, they up to that and so now I don't even know what the limit I don't even know what the maximum is you can upload now I, I've put videos on there that were over an hour and there was no problem so anyway eventually I got tired of, of doing them it just wasn't that it wasn't challenging anymore all it was was interview clips mixed with b-roll and performance footage so I got a little bored with that so after uh, after 300 I, I forced myself to pass 300 episodes I did 301 and then I was like I'm done and I found another project to do, which was a web series called ETAs, which is basically it's just a documentary series. It's just biographies on different Elvis tribute artists, or some people refer to them as impersonators. But when you watch the show, you kind of start to understand the difference between impersonator and um, Elvis tribute artists, at least the way I understand it to be. Everybody has their own opinion on that, so, you know, you can listen to me or not. Anyway, um, so I, I started doing that in 2012, and I don't know how many episodes of that I have now. 60 or 70 episodes of that done, and I was just—I've been looking for something new to do because uh, for the for the last four or five years, I've basically just been throwing videos, performance videos, interviews. Um, I do a lot of walking tours too. Like I'll before they knock down the Graceland Plaza. And Graceland Crossing, I would go through there with my camera and I would just film the whole outside so you could see what everything looked like. I got some videos of, of all of the stores and restaurants on the inside. And so I would post them up there and I also would go to like the, the Graceland Christmas lighting where they have different celebrities come and they turn on the lights at, at Graceland. I would film that and put those online. The the uh, proclamation in January for the birthday celebration, put that online. And I just got, I just get a little bored doing the same thing over and over. So I was looking for something new to to, to do. And I've been I'd been thinking for a while about doing a, a mash pet podcast because I'm a huge mash fan and I there's 
251 episodes. Plus, there's tons of other things you could talk about. So I figured, man, I could do a, I could do a gazillion episodes on Mash before I, you know, had to worry about repeating myself. And then it just dawned on me, you know, I've, I've been sitting here trying to figure out what my next move for Walking on the Boulevard would be because I can't just continue to do the same thing over and over, you know, year after year. 2003, and now it's it's July of 2018. That's a long time to be doing the same thing over and over. And so then it just it dawned on me a while back, you know, why don't I just start doing a, a podcast on this? I can talk about whatever's new in the Elvis world, you know, new Elvis movies or uh, if a new magazine's coming out and I find out about it, I can talk about it. I can uh, talk about new CDs, like there's the, you know, the new CD with the uh, the Lisa Marie Presley duet, Where No One Stands Alone, I believe that's the name of it. That's coming out in August, so I could talk about that, I could talk about all the Elvis tribute artists, because I know a lot of Elvis fans, or some Elvis fans, don't like the ETAs, but I'm a big fan of them. I think they do a great job, most of them do a great job anyway, and they, you know, they're out there, you know, promoting Elvis, they're helping keeping his memory alive, and I think that's a great job, so... There's that you could talk about, and I also have my own Elvis-related projects. I did a, I've done, I did a documentary, a short documentary called Walk a Mile, and then I did a feature documentary called 816, which I was doing both of them at the same time. Uh, so I've got that. There's, there's just a lot to go on. So anyway, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of information about Walking on the Boulevard. So if you tune into this podcast, you're going to be hearing about Elvis, Elvis tribute artist. Uh, different Elvis-related projects that I'm involved in. Like my book, I have a book coming out on uh, Elvis Week. It's I've been coming since 1999, and it's a collection of photos and memories from all my visits. And it includes a lot of photos of the Graceland Plaza, which is no longer there, uh, the stores that you could see there. Uh, also, I was in, I was lucky enough to be in town when they were demolishing it, so I got a lot of photos of them knocking down the plaza. Uh, photos of of the guest house being built, uh, photos of the Elvis Presley's Memphis complex being built. I even got photos of, of inside the complex, uh, photos of the Heartbreak Hotel, and photos of of the you know the empty lot that sits that sits there now. They knocked it down a while back. So there's a lot of cool photos, a lot of uh, interesting, a lot of fun memories. At least they're fun for me anyway. I hope I hope other people will like them and I hope other people have similar memories so they can kind of relate to what I'm talking about but uh, I'm just a huge Elvis fan so if you're a huge Elvis fan then maybe this will appeal to you too and you guys can let me know uh, if, if there's something you want me to to discuss or if you're a, a performer or you manage somebody that sits in the Elvis world and you'd like me to shout out a show they have coming up just let me know you can uh, comment if it's on the YouTube page you can comment there or you can send me a Email at outlawfilmproductions at gmail.com. Again, my name is Kerry Rayburn, C A R E Y. Last name is R A Y B U R N. Appreciate you guys listening. And uh, let's see, let me see what song I've got. I'm going to play you guys a song. Let's see. Okay, the first song I'm going to do is it's, it's a song called Mean Woman Blues. It's a performance by Cody Slaughter, who's one of the biggest tribute artists in the world today. And this is from, from early in his career, back in 2007. He's introduced by a guy named John Evanish. So this is a tent performance, Graceland Crossing. Enjoy. All right, we're going to bring uh, Cody up. He's going to do a... <laughs> 
recap for Elvis Week 2017. I don't know how many of you were there or how many of you are really familiar with all the changes that uh, that took place. But for for the entire time I've been coming, since 1999, you've had Graceland Crossing and Graceland Plaza. Now, Graceland Crossing used to be full of independent shops. You could go in there and you could buy all kinds of crazy stuff, like, like Elvis Presley lipstick or a, a fingernail file. It was all kinds of crazy stuff, but it was you know had really good prices. And they were just fun shops to go into because you could see stuff that you didn't see in, in a lot of the EPE-owned shops. Um, and the prices there, like I said, they're just a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper than the EPE stuff. So I used to go in there all the time, and I I made some friends that worked in some of the shops and hang out with them. And then 2000, what was it, 2005, 2006, something like that, EPE, I, I believe, bought the land and then kicked all of the indie shops out of there which it sucked too because they were such good stores they turned it into more epe stores so you have graceland crossing which is where the the tent goes or used to go every year yeah and the tent is basically it's just it's run by uh, it's a giant tent is what it is and you have danny mccorkle uh, john evanish Lori evanish 
uh, Chris Drummond and Danny's wife, Lana McCorkle, they run the tent. You have different performers from all over the world who will go up there, and then some of them will do open mic for one or two songs, and then some of them will do full half-hour shows. I spend a lot of my time there. So you had that, and then you had the Graceland Plaza, which was right next to it. It's where the, the airplanes are. And there were a whole bunch of different Elvis Presley Enterprises shops. Yeah, they would range from, you have you know stores you could go in that, that sold mostly T-shirts, buttons, postcards, that kind of stuff. Then you go into some of them that had, you know, higher-end clothing, really expensive stuff, leather jackets, jumpsuits were in some, one of the stores. Uh, you had a, a little movie theater that showed like a 15-minute Elvis movie. That was free, I believe. And then you had a, a ice cream shop, which I loved. Me and my friend Beverly Burnett would go there every Elvis week and have an ice cream. You had a record store, and you know, you think about how hard it is to find vinyl these days. Or actually, right now, vinyl's starting to make a comeback, but for years and years and years, only punk labels were putting out vinyl. As far as I know, anyway, there may have been somebody else. Don't, don't beat me up over that one. But uh, they had Elvis Vinyl. I bought a lot of records from them. But then they started building the new Elvis Presley's Memphis Complex, which is, is kind of like a mall but for Elvis and it's it's all enclosed too which that part kind of sucks because you can't really see a great deal of it and then they they once they opened that they decided to shut down Graceland Plaza and eventually they demolished it which is terrible to see just all these buildings that you've associated with Elvis you know for years and years and years I love the the crossing and the plaza the crossing is really probably my favorite place to hang out during Elvis week just they had benches and tables sat around. You could just, you know, hang out with your friends, drink a couple of brewskis, and just have a blast listening to Elvis music all day. So that's gone. They knocked the plaza down. They kept the crossing, but they turned most of it in to um, to office space for different employees. And they kept one store open at least for right now that's doing clearance items. So you can you can still go in there and buy some of last year's stuff. I bought a whole bunch of postcards for my eBay page in there. They were really cheap, like about 10 cents, something like that a piece. So that was awesome. Um, and so once they once they knocked that down, the plaza down, then they opened up the the new Elvis Presley's Memphis complex. The problem is, in the past, you were able to go to any of the stores you wanted to, walk down the plaza, walk down the crossing, sit down, listen to music. You could do all this free. There was no no problem. Well, now they've got it separated into two parts. You have the free part of the the new complex, but it's really one or two stores. Uh, there's there's a couple of restaurants. I'm trying to think if you can get into both of them on the free side or only one of them. I can't recall. I'll have to, to check that out next time I go over there. And then that's pretty much it. Maybe an ice cream shop that you can get into, but most of the the really cool stuff is on the other side, and you have to pay. You have to buy a ticket to get just to go in that side. You can't even walk down the street. But if you, if you get a chance to go, it is definitely worth the money for one or two visits. I wouldn't want to do it, you know, every day. If I was in Elvis Week for ten days or something, I wouldn't want to spend that kind of money to go there every day. But it's really nice. They do have some some really unique stuff. There's a lot of memorabilia that I had never seen before that's now on display. There's a lot more vehicles too than I I remember ever seeing. At, at, on the old Graceland tour. So it, it, it's definitely a nice tour. It's just very, very expensive these days. And the old Graceland Crossing tent was always free. 
you could go, you know, listen to music. You could go there for 10 minutes. You could go there for 10 hours, however, you know, however long you wanted to stay. Well, now they, they, they built, they did put a new tent up, which they didn't announce until the, the very last minute. So it's a wonder we were able to get, you know, enough singers for it. But now they have a tent and they've wrapped a tarp around it so people can't see from the outside. And you, and they, they still call it free, but it's really not free. It's, it's free with the purchase of a ticket to the Memphis complex. So the, the cheapest you can get in would be, tw- I think it's $28.50, or at least that's what it was last year. Now, if you're a performer, you'll get two free passes. So and it's at armbands. They wrap around your arm. So you, if you're a performer, you get two of those for free, so it doesn't cost you anything. But if you're uh, just a regular fan, you have to buy the you have to you have to buy the armband, or you can't go in and watch the music. And like I said, they put a tarp around it, so you can't even stand outside and and watch for free. You have to spend that money. So I don't know. Uh, that that is one of the things that kind of bugged me about the changes. I didn't like the fact that they were now charging you to go to the tent. Of course, they then they say it's free. It's free with the purchase of a ticket. But yeah, you have to purchase the ticket, so it's not free. And if you've already gone through and you've seen all of the exhibits well and, and I know a lot of people like to see them over and over but really do you want to do it every time you're in town I mean every year you want to go see it if it's the same thing I don't know maybe you would I I, I don't want to see it I don't want to spend the money every time but unfortunately if I want to go to the tent I have to so there's that and then there were a lot of upset Elvis fans when they found out that they were going to be barricading the road for the candlelight vigil and generally you generally you're at you know you just go gather in the middle of the road they shut the road down at I don't know, six o'clock something like that seven o'clock something like that they shut the road down so that uh, traffic can no is no longer going through there because it's a it's a busy road if you've ever been to to if you've ever been by graceland you, there's a lot of cars going by there you wouldn't want to get smacked by one of those so they barricaded it and they had little checkpoints where you had to go through and get searched which is the first time ever and they said it was i don't know maybe it was a bomb threat or something so they i understand them wanting to make it safe but then they also now require you to have the armband enable in, in order to be able to go up to Elvis's grave so you have to spend $28.58 now to pay respects to Elvis on the 15th which is crazy because the entire time the vigil's been going on you've never had to spend money they've always let you go up to the grave site for free on the 15th holding your candle and, you know, crying or whatever you want to do, reminiscing with your friends. Well, if you want to do that now, you're going to have to pony up almost 30 bucks. So that's a lot of money they're bringing in there. So, But I guess they need the money. They spent a buttload of cash building that new massive hotel, Guest House at Graceland, which is a really nice hotel. It just is so out of place for the area. The area is kind of, there's a lot of run-down parts of Memphis, and it's right around where Elvis's house is. And they got this massive hotel that hardly anyone who lives in Memphis is going to be able to afford to go to. And I, 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 I couldn't afford to go there. And, and but of course, I'm not rich, but if I was, I'd probably still go somewhere. I'd probably still go to the Days Inn or something. Um, so you have that, and you have the, the complex. And like I said, the complex is really cool. Um, what else did they do? Oh, another thing is when they built the the uh, new tent they they i guess they weren't thinking about rain usually we we get one good rain every elvis week and there'll be really powerful rains you know the winds will be insane shooting umbrellas from tables high up in the sky it's really cool looking 
as long as it doesn't land on you. I wish I had some some shots of those umbrellas shooting in the sky. It's it's, it's really cool to look at. But uh, this year, this past year, I guess they weren't thinking about it, and they they had us in an area where the water just collected. So when it and it rained almost every day. So we had a tent river, in you know going through there. I would take my shoes off and walk around barefoot in you know two two or three inches of, of water that was just rushing through the tent and at one point the water got so deep that they were afraid there was going to be uh, that somebody was going to get electrocuted so they ended up shutting the tent down for I don't know 20 minutes or so in the, I think it was in the middle of Matthew Boyce's set I believe they shut the tent down and we all just sat there and waited until the rain the water finally ran out of there so they could start the show back but that, that was that was pretty funny. I got some some cool shots of the Tent River. They're in my book, and I think there's one or two of them on my Facebook page, and maybe even on the Walking on the Boulevard or the Outlaw Films YouTube pages. So check those out, and if you want to see the Tent River. At one point, I mean, it was rushing through there. It was crazy. Then uh, let's see what else was there. The Heartbreak Hotel. They you know they shut the Heartbreak Hotel down when they opened up the guest house and it was the same night you had the final night of the heartbreak it was the first night of the guest house so me and my friend Anna we were lucky enough to to a friend of hers was able to invite us because it was I think it was by invitation only so we were able to go there and I got some some footage of the party they were having of the final night and some footage inside the hotel and out and some pictures outside the hotel. It was really sad to see it go because that's where I stayed for years and years. I loved the Heartbreak Hotel. I realized it wasn't in that great of, of condition anymore, but still, man, it's been there forever. It used to be Wilson World when I was a kid before it became Heartbreak Hotel. So they, they shut it down and then they just now knocked it down a couple of months ago. It was really sad to see the pile of rubble so many memories there. I used to go there. I'd be at the tent filming, and I'd just be burning up, so I'd run there, fill my big squeeze up with ice, and, and just head back over and film some more because it was so convenient. It was right there. Ah, so that's sad. But they knocked, it, they knocked it down. They've got the guest house now, and the guest house is a really, really nice hotel. I mean, it's huge. It, it doesn't look... It's not very Elvisy though. There's not not a lot of Elvis pictures and uh, I don't know if they've changed now but when we first went there there wasn't even any Elvis music playing it was just crazy <laughs> to think you're in a an Elvis hotel a hotel owned by Elvis Presley Enterprises that isn't playing Elvis music so I know a lot of people were upset about that they may have changed that I'm not sure they may have Elvis music playing now but it's a really nice place I've met I went there on the opening opening weekend and was able to meet a ton of people associated with Elvis. Band members, um, I was rode on the elevator with Donnie Sumner, who was part of J.D. Sumner and the Stamps, and I'd already interviewed him like 10 years earlier, and got to talk to him, take a, a new picture with him, that was really cool, and got to meet a, a bunch of the band members, James Burton, I tried, I've met all of them prior to that, you know, years ago during a birthday celebration, but it was still cool to see them again, and they're just walking around hanging out with fans that was really cool so um so i'm not so not to down the new hotel the new hotel is really really nice it's just out of place in, for the area and it's really really expensive so if you're if you're planning on staying there save up a bunch of money uh, of course a lot of the other hotels that aren't nearly as nice are pretty expensive themselves 
Now, that's pretty much it for the changes. That's about all I can think of, except for I do think they eliminated the free bingo as well. That was around forever. And uh, I know my mother, she used to come, and she loved the bingo because, you know, it didn't cost any money, and it got you out of the heat. You go play bingo for hours and hours at a time. A lot of the seniors like to do that because it is really, really hot during Elvis week. So you got to do something to get out of the heat and got to try and stay hydrated. Anyway... I've been talking about this for long enough. Uh, here's another song. This is one of the most popular songs that you'll hear at Elvis Week. And it's a song I didn't know prior to coming to Memphis for Elvis Week. It's a song called Just Pretend. It's from the 70s, and it's a great song. Here is Danny McCorkle and Dean Z's version from Elvis Week 2011. You never know.
appreciate all the support. I appreciate you guys taking your time to listen to this show. This is the first time I've ever done a podcast, so I wasn't exactly sure if I was going to be able to you know, make it through without screwing up, and I did screw up a lot, but I I feel like I, I had enough to say uh, to fill up the, the time that I needed to fill up, and I had a lot of cool cool songs I was able to play, and we're going to end with a, a really cool song. Like my favorite tribute artist is a guy named Brian Clark. He doesn't could do any of the competitions or any of that. He, he comes to Elvis Week every year, and he performs at the Tent, and then he has performed in Sheffield before. For He was one of the original people to perform in Sheffield. But that's, that's all I know of him doing, but he has such a great Elvis voice. I think you're going to be amazed when you hear this. So uh, stick around, or stick around, hear the song, um, and make sure you, you come back and listen to some more podcasts. This is Carrie with Walking on the Boulevard. Take it easy. I'd like to tell you something fantastic, but I'd like to do this song especially for Blue Hawaii.